Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, Strong Runner Chicks, welcome back to another episode of SRC Radio. Today we have on Erin uh, Teschuk with us, and I hope I pronounced her name correctly. She can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, she is an athlete That's right. currently located in Canada. Um, she's been featured on SRC on the blog, and um, we're really excited to chat with her today, get to know her a little bit better and hear what she's been up to during this crazy time um, with COVID and everything else and you know, races getting rescheduled, um, kind of how life's been. So Erin, I'd love to start off there. Just like what's, what's new lately? Um, where are you currently at? And yeah, what's going on in life? Uh, yeah, so I'm currently living in Victoria, British Columbia. So it's on Vancouver Island. Um, and so we have one of our Canadian training centers here. Uh, so I train out of the West Hub of Canada. Um, I'm in a group of about 10 athletes all together. Um, so yeah, we all train at the Hub here. Um, we've been here all spring, all summer, <laughs> of course, um, just on our, on our island here. So <laughs> it's been not bad. Overall, it's been a really good place to train. Um, there's like awesome running trails. We have good facilities, everything like that. So um, out of places that you could be stuck, it's definitely not the worst. Um, so yeah, right now we're just kind of coming off like a little bit of an off time, starting to ramp up mileage again, get ready to hopefully compete at some point, whenever that might be. Yeah, yeah. And um, what events are you primarily training for right now? Uh, my main event is the steeplechase. So that's kind of will be my target for 2021. Um, I also do, you know, the indoor flat 3K, some 1500s mile, occasionally a 5K, so anything in that area. Nice, awesome. Um, well, I, I do want to start off, we usually kind of go back to when you first got your start in running, so um, take us back to like your earliest days in distance running. How old were you? You know, were you on a team? Um, where'd you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is like the winter capital of the world. <laughs> and um, so when I got into track, it was mostly uh, kind of as a middle distance runner. I did more of the 400, 800. Um, and yeah, I, I love track. I started actually competing when I was in ninth grade. Um, and I was part of a track club there, Winnipeg Optimist, it was called. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. I basically was a soccer player and realized that my favorite part of soccer was running. Um, so I started pursuing that and just been like slowly moving up distance ever since. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we hear a lot about soccer players kind of getting into distance running. And um, in Canada, are there any main differences like for those that are listening that are just curious about it or um, like in terms of kind of how team sports are organized or collegiate? 
Yeah, it, it is a little bit different in Canada because um, we do most things by a club system. Um, so even in high school, we would have high school provincials, which is kind of it's the equivalent of states. Um, but then after that, we would go on and have a full summer season, which was actually our main season, um, where we'd run for our club, not our high school. Uh, so it is a little bit different in that aspect. And a lot of the times the goal would be to qualify for national championships um, and everything like that. So we'd have our club provincials and then full summer season. And then hopefully you qualify for nationals and would go on to youth nationals. Very cool. Awesome. At what age did you start to think that running, um, you know, in college might be possible and maybe even beyond that? Yeah, I think um, when I was in high school, I definitely um, was, my goal was to run in college. Uh, I wanted to, I mostly wanted to go to an NCAA school. Um, I thought that would kind of be my best opportunity to be able to compete with some of the best athletes. Uh, so that was definitely a goal of mine all through my grade 11 and 12 year. And then honestly, competing beyond after university was not even on the radar for me until later on in college. It was, it definitely never even crossed my mind that I could kind of be at that level. Yeah, yeah. That's really neat though, that it started to kind of plant that seed. Um, how did you initially choose North Dakota? Like why North Dakota of all universities? Yeah, um, I mean, so it was pretty close by. It's actually about three hours away from Winnipeg to drive. Um, so that was kind of the one of the main reasons I looked at it. And in, in high school, I, I was good and I, I was good enough to go away for school, but I wasn't like a high school stud by any means. Um, so I was mostly just looking at schools around close to me and schools that were recruiting me. Um, I was mainly recruited by North Dakota State and University of Minnesota, which were both close by. Um, and I ended up choosing North Dakota State. Um, I just had a really positive visit there. Um, I liked the size of the school. So I liked that it was a program that would allow me to like travel around and still compete against the best people in the country. But also at the same time, I would make the traveling team right away. Um, I knew that because the team wasn't so huge, I would be able to get some attention and kind of wouldn't get lost and just be a number. Um, and then on top of that, I love the coaches there, the athletes. It was just a good vibe. So that's kind of the main reason I chose there. Awesome. I smiled because I, I went to University of Minnesota, transferred there, but definitely can yeah. see how, how you could feel like lost on a really large team too, in a way, because it was yeah. so... Yeah. I honestly, I loved both schools. Like I had a great visit at Minnesota too. The coaches there and the people were super awesome. Um, I think just came down to like, I wanted a little bit of a smaller team um, because like I said, I wasn't like a super sudden high school. Like, I don't know if I would have even made the cross country team at University of Minnesota, um, which was something that I wanted to do and everything. So that was kind of one of the, one of the main yeah, reasons. Yeah, so like being able to do both cross country and track was important. Yeah. Um, what else was your, I guess we talk a lot about like the collegiate experience and what was that like outside of running, like getting involved in, you know, other clubs on campus or like figuring out what you wanted to major in? Yeah, I, so I went into school. My plan was to, um, major in exercise science. Um, I actually started my first year and I took a couple psychology courses, um, and realized it was something I really loved. Um, so I switched my major and so I studied psychology, which I, I really, really enjoyed. I loved all my psych classes. Um, 
I think overall I had a really positive college experience. Um, I, I mostly just honestly hung out with the track team. We traveled a ton, you know, everything like that. And between that and school, it kept me, kept me pretty busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet. Um, I always or often hear that a lot of runners will choose yeah psychology and you can really relate that back to running too. So very Yeah, cool. for sure. Yeah. Um, so kind of throughout that experience, how did you come to, um, you know, throughout college, like recognize and maybe um, navigate the post-collegiate running world? Like what is, yeah, what did that process kind of look like and how did you figure out um, what you would do next from there? Yeah, it happened honestly pretty quickly for me. Um, so my first two years of university, I was like, I made our conference team, things like that. Like I said, it really wasn't on my radar to run post-collegiately. Um, Cause I just like, I wasn't even, I wasn't nearly close to that level at all. Um, and so my third year of university, I had a pretty big breakthrough. Um, and so I feel like it all of a sudden it went from something that was totally not on my radar to like a hundred percent. I want to do this <laughs> very quickly. Um, so I think just when I had that breakthrough and was competing against some of the top athletes in the country, it was all of a sudden on my radar of like, okay, I could make an Olympic team. Um, so then it, there was definitely like a big shift in my mindset, everything like that. And then it was a major goal for me to be able to run post-collegiately. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Um, we're going to highlight this, that you're a seven time NCAA first team All-American and ended up representing your country in the steeplechase. Um, and this is all what I'm seeing online, at least, so you can correct me, but in the 2015 World Championships in Beijing, China, and the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio de, de Janeiro. So pretty impressive um, feats there. I just wanted to highlight those and say what an amazing journey to think you might not even run post-collegiately to like having those happen. Um, do you mind telling us like when kind of leading up to those events, what do you think contributed to your success and ability to compete at that level? Yeah, I think um, for me, it was definitely a lot of like positive lifestyle changes. Um, I think once I started to kind of get a taste of being able to compete at a higher level, I was very all into it. Um, I would say the main thing I learned along the way is just, you know, not to be afraid of giving your all to something. Um, I think I had a little bit of that my first couple years of university um, and then kind of made that switch to being like, okay, if this is something that I do want to do, um, I want to know how good I can be at it. And the only way I'm going to know how good I can be is if I do everything I can. Um, so I definitely think that was kind of the main lesson, just to not be afraid of doing that, you know, making the commitment, making sacrifices if you need to, everything like that. Yeah, yeah. What role did, do you think your coaches or teammates played in this as well, if any? Oh, yeah, definitely a massive role. I've been lucky. I've had great, great coaches. Um, my third year, I actually started being coached by Andrew Carlson, who had just come to North Dakota State. He was uh, running professionally as a marathoner himself. Um, and he had a massive influence on me because I never knew anyone before who competed at a high level that and he was one of those people you could tell just loved the sport so much, was super, super passionate about it. Um, and I think kind of his passion for the sport definitely rubbed off on me and definitely inspired me. Um, it was just like 
a good example of like this person worked super hard and was able to do this and loved every second of it. And so that's kind of what I took into my training as well. Um, on top of that, I was really lucky to have great teammates. Um, one of my main teammates in college is still one of my best friends. She competes competitively too, Maddie Van Beek. Um, and so we trained almost every day together. Um, I just had a really great college experience. So I definitely think my teammates and coaches were a huge part of that. That's awesome. Yeah, really good to hear. Um, so this was all like coming right out of college, I take it, or around that time? Yeah, this was in university. So um, I graduated university in 2016. So okay. that was the yeah wow. the year of the Olympics. Yeah. So it was my junior and senior year. Very neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know you before, so now you're back in Canada, right? But you had gone, was it North Carolina for a while or, or South um, in that area, kind of post-collegiate. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you mind talking or sharing a little bit about, like, before coming to, to Victoria. Um, I had seen your post recently about just some of the hardships, I think, that maybe post-collegiate runners have faced and um, some, you know, maybe if you don't mind speaking to, like, a little bit about what your experience has been like, um, some of the challenges maybe or things that, things that you've worked through. Yeah, for sure. So I went, um, I went to Greenville, South Carolina. I was part of a group called Furman Elite after, after I graduated in 2016. Um, and so for me, like one of the things I really struggled with um, through kind of by the end of my, even throughout my senior year and then going into um, my pro career was just like that overtraining. Um, so that was definitely, and this is all in hindsight at the time, I didn't realize that this was a thing. So I was like super driven, super motivated and everything like that. But um, looking back on it, I think that I was definitely like a little bit burnt out. And so I feel like in my post-collegiate career, my two years that I was in Greenville, um, I definitely struggled a lot. And I think a lot of the things I struggled with were because of being slightly overtrained and under recovered. Um, so I was having issues in Greenville with allergies and I was having asthma problems, breathing problems every spring and summer. So um, that was definitely a really big challenge for me. Um, and yeah, I think overall, I, I don't like regret my experience there. Um, I had a good time there and I think it was overall a good environment. I have lots of positives of things to say about it too. Um, but I don't think it was the right environment for me. And I kind of realized that after I left and came to Victoria um, was just a better fit for me personally. Um, so yeah, that's kind of been my, I guess to summarize my post-collegiate career so far, it's been like a lot of up and downs, definitely yeah. a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Um, it hasn't been like a, a steady progression by any means. And it never really is, right? I mean, yeah, definitely. With the overtraining, did you um, face any kind of injuries, like short or long-term or um, anything where you had to take time off of running? Um, you know, I've been pretty lucky overall with injuries. Um, for me, it was definitely... Um, more energy issues that I found from my kind of overtraining. Mm -hmm. But um, I have had like Achilles tendonitis is something I've had throughout my entire career, which is one of those things that is just somewhat chronic and you have to be on top of all the time. Um, so I've never had to actually take a super long time off because of it. It's just something I've always had to be 
very on top of. Um, I've had little tendon injuries here and there, but I'm lucky I've never had any bone injuries or anything like that. Um, so yeah, overall I've been, I've been pretty, pretty lucky in yeah. injuries, especially knowing, you know, what could happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's, um, that's really fortunate that you, you know, you're able to recognize overtraining before it was something like that led to an injury or anything. Um, we also featured you, I had mentioned in our blog a while ago, kind of talking about how different pros fuel their bodies. And, um, you had spoken a little bit to like red S and, um, you know, just the comparison trap that a lot of runners get into. Um, we, I know like I've struggled with this before, like both red S and comparison. How is this something that, um, that you've navigated and, you know, you don't have to go into too much detail, but just kind of whatever you're comfortable with, like how have you kind of, um, yeah, found like ways to cope with these um, challenges in running and, you know, yeah, work through them both yourself or with others. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it is unfortunately super common in the running world, which is why I think it's good to talk about these things. Um, I think sometimes there's like, almost some stereotypes associated with, or people think you can always see it or you can always tell, um, which is not always the case, which is why I think it's so important, especially for coaches to have open lines of communication about this type of thing. Um, for me personally, I did, I had Red S for a really good part of my career. Um, I think when I kind of made the jump in terms of performance, it was like 90% very positive. And I think to anyone looking out, it was like, oh, she just, you know, she got her, her, her shit together. <laughs> like, you know, I was doing a lot of positive things, but at the same time, at a certain point, I got myself in an energy deficit. Um, and so that's kind of when I started um, having Red S. And so at that point, it took, it took a little bit, but I did eventually realize, like, at first you're kind of like, oh, you know, it's just one or two periods, things like that, not a big deal. And then after a while, I was kind of like, okay, I know that this is an issue and it's not a good thing. Um, and I think, like, for me, I was never super fixated on my weight per se, but I was very fixated on my training. Um, so it was very hard for me to take any step back from training at any point. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think compared to some other stories I've heard, I think I'm, I'm lucky because I've always had like a good support team. Um, I mentioned before, I've had great experience with my coaches. I've never had coaches pressure me to lose weight or like drop my body comp or anything like that, which is sadly not always the case in collegiate running. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that wasn't the case for me. Um, I, I did have an open line of communication and it was something that I did want to fix. Um, I think just as the years went on, the difficulty I had was um, I wasn't doing enough to actually, like I kind of dug myself in a bit of a hole with it. And mm -hmm. even though I was putting effort into trying to like get my regular period back and everything, I wasn't doing enough to actually allow my body to recover and come out of that hole. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the comparison, as kind of you mentioned before, um, I think one of the the difficulties for me during that time was I was playing a comparison game in that I was almost be like, okay, well, 
I feel like I eat more than this person. I feel like I weigh more than this person. Yeah. I have a higher body comp. Like, why do they get their period and I'm not, you know? <laughs> like, I was like. I can relate, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was like, well, this isn't fair. Like, right. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, looking back on it now, I understand, like, it's not about a set weight. It's not about a set um, body comp or anything like that or amount of calories. There's no perfect equation. It's just about figuring, well, what's right for your body and things like that. So, yeah, the, yeah. the comparison trap really, really kills you. <laughs> Definitely does. Yeah. And I think recognizing that like life stressors are just as much training stressors. That's been a big one, at least for me um, to recognize. Yeah. But yeah. Is there anything yeah, that like, sure. has helped, I guess, or that you've noticeably made a change to um, like incorporating in your routine or making sure you're, you're meeting with an RD or kind of whatever it is that like has set you on a path of feeling like yeah, I can, I can work with this or I got this. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's tons of things for me. Um, so when I moved to Victoria, um, my, my coach who I have now is she's super perceptive and I know she could tell like before I even moved there, she knew what was going on and she knew what I needed to do that I needed to kind of take a step back with my training, be patient, allow myself to get healthy before I started training really hard again. Um, so having a coach that kind of pushed me to do that, because um, I don't think I would have been able to do that myself. <laughs> um, yeah. I think having her be like, nope, you have to take a day off every week until, you know, and at this point now, it's more up to me and know if I feel like I need a day off or not. But uh, when I first moved to Victoria, she was, my coach was very much like, this is what we need to do. We need to be patient. Um, it's not going to come quick, but like eventually you will be back to your normal self but it's going to take some time. Um, I worked with a dietitian, which was super helpful as well. Um, just kind of putting a couple pieces together. And most of it was honestly little changes that kind of just added up. Um, I worked with a sports psychologist as well. Um, kind of, as you mentioned, I do think like stress plays a huge role in it. So being able to just manage other things. And also for me personally, being able to allow myself to rest without stressing over the fact that I was resting <laughs> was yeah. a big part of it as well. So honestly, there was like, there's many, many pieces to the puzzle, but um, yeah, ultimately I think I just needed to take a step back, reset a little and allow myself to get healthy before I started pushing training again was really the main thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that's going to be really helpful um, for people that are struggling with this right now or like, wondering where to turn to. And I love that you spoke to like enlisting help, you know, with your coach, a sports um, RD and a sports psychologist. Like that's awesome to have a team full of people to help. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I know I was pretty, I was pretty lucky to have those resources and everything, yeah. but um, yeah, I definitely think it's, it's hard to do on your own. For sure. For sure. Or to like see it objectively, you know, in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so kind of with that, like turning a corner of, you know, feeling a little bit maybe healthier or like more ready to add in, um, you know, add back in training and accustomed to like a new team. Um, yeah. If you can speak to that at all, like what's it been like to, to come to Victoria and, you know, and then of course go into 2020, maybe with some big goals and having to adjust what's that process been like? Yeah, I feel like it was, it was definitely tough. Um, you know, as I mentioned, like a lot of my first year, so I've been in, in Victoria for about two years now. 
Uh, so a lot of my first year was just being really patient with my training, very slowly building up. And this past year, I've, you know, it's great because I finally gotten to a point where I had been healthy for a long period of time. I was feeling good, energized and training, everything like that. I ran a personal best this winter in the 3K indoors, um, which was something I'd been wanting to do for a very long time. So things were being like moving really forward positively. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now you can't compete anymore. <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah. I've been in this like state where I wasn't competing well for so long. And then I finally felt ready to get after it. And then it kind of came to a halt. Um, so a lot of that has just been kind of reevaluating things for, for our group personally. We kind of went back to almost like a base training mode, um, just tried to keep training consistent, everything like that, um, and then took a little break this, this summer. And now we're kind of ramping it up again. But um, yeah, it's definitely been a lesson in terms of being adaptable and, you know, kind of focusing on things that motivate you. Um, when it's not the easiest to stay motivated. Yeah, yeah. What are some of those things that are keeping you motivated? Um, for me personally, um, a lot of it is just kind of connecting back to why I do this. Like, um, you know, our sports psychology or sports psychologist has talked to us about like knowing your why. Um, and so that's been a huge part of kind of keeping me grounded in my training, just remembering why I'm doing this. Um, I mentioned kind of earlier, I believe, uh, a big thing for me was ever since I've started my career was just, I want to see how good I can be. Um, so, you know, as things are getting like a little bit hectic, you know, things aren't the way they normally are. It's just kind of focusing like, okay, well, why am I doing this? Because I love it. And it's, I want to see how good I can be. And, you know, maybe this is a way for me to see how good I can be. <laughs> you know, it's just focusing yeah. on things you can control um, and just kind of you know, doing the best with what you have. And, um, you know, in the long run, there's a lot of ways to reach an end goal or success. So just knowing that this might be just part of the process to lead to that. So true. Yeah. And if you can make it through this, you can get through a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, you had kind of mentioned, I guess, in your, in your post that you have a couple part-time jobs and, you know, I'm sure you do like have hobbies or things you're doing outside of sport, especially right now. Um, do you have anything that's like exciting you or any, any of your favorite maybe jobs that, um, that happen outside of training? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been kind of doing a couple, couple different things right now. Um, I, well, I was nannying all through the summer, um, which worked out really well with my training. I was lucky to find that job in the midst of like all the madness <laughs> going on um, to actually be able to find a job was, uh, yeah, I feel pretty fortunate. Um, I also started doing some in community engagement work with my team and Athletics Canada West Hub, uh, which I've really enjoyed that. It's kind of given me a chance. We've hosted some run clinics. Um, kind of just looking for ways to be involved with the community. Um, and I think especially in a time like this, it kind of makes you realize that there's other things in, uh, there's other things in life outside of running. So yeah. taking the opportunity to like be able to be a little bit more engaged with the community, kind of like it's, it's definitely grounding and it makes you realize that. Um, so, so I have really enjoyed that. And um, although it's been, it's been pretty busy, um, 
especially with training, you know, training, working, everything like that. But yeah, I think yeah. there's also like a lot of positives from it as well. Um, I started coaching with one of my teammates. Uh, we started it in January this year. And that's been a super positive experience as well. I absolutely love that job, um, just being able to work with athletes. And it's a big source of inspiration for, for us as yeah. well. Um, you know, we look at this time where it's like, oh, it's hard to stay motivated, but there's all these other people who are doing it too and um, are doing a great job of it. So being able to work with athletes and um, I think we kind of inspire each other back and forth has been a, been a really positive thing as well. That's awesome. I love it. Um, thanks for sharing that. With um, I'm curious both with like co coaching and community engagement, is this just like general population or do you have like any athletes in particular you're coaching? Like, are they younger? Are they, you know, everyday runners? Yeah. So a lot of the runners we coach, there's a, there's a huge range for sure. Um, we coach a couple athletes here in Victoria who are runners do kind of road races, everything like that. Um, we coach some people who are just looking to have general fitness. Um, so it's, it's a total range. And then there's some people who are really trying to get after some races, have goals like that and everything. So yeah, it's a huge range. It's just basically anyone who's interested, particularly in running um, or improving themselves in any way. Um, so yeah, we have tons of different clients for that. Um, yeah, and for the in terms of the community engagement, we're primarily looking at engaging um, my group, the Vic City Elite group, um, with the youth of the Victoria area. So um, it's a lot of like going to elementary schools, everything like that, hosting run clinics for kids, which is super fun. Um, our goal is to kind of just inspire that next generation and have people know about track. Um, because it's not always the most popular sport for yeah, <laughs> for you're <kids>. right. <laughs> but um, we're hoping to change that a bit. Awesome! Yeah, I love it. That's really great. Especially, I bet to get to work with kids and like give back to youth. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, kind of along those lines. When you're like looking back on your early running years and like college, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, yeah, I think you know it's a hard question because I think at different stages of my life, um, I would give different advice to myself. <laughs> um, but I think like, if I was to give just general advice that could apply to any point in my life or apply to most people, um, it would just be not be afraid to commit to something you love. Um, but also remember that the greatest way to find lasting success is to have happiness and health in all areas of your life. Um, I think that can pretty much apply to everyone. Um, I think, you know, focus on the things you can control and just know that having happiness in one area isn't going to subtract from another area in life. Um, so yeah, just both those things in general, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I'm like, Oh, I could just listen to you talk about that all day. Um, <laughs> that's all really good advice. I think for listeners for sure. And for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, the last question that we ask all of our guests is just what does being a strong runner chick mean or look like to you? I think um, to me, being a strong runner chick would be uh, being, being resilient, you know, being able to overcome challenges, um, embracing who you are, your strength, um, being strong minded and strong will, and just like having the courage to take risks, but also ask for help when you need it. I think would be a good, good overall strong runner chick. 
quality list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Thank you. Um, do you have any final like shout outs or um, anything we didn't chat about today that you wanted to let our listeners know about? Um, not really. I mean, yeah, I feel like we covered covered a lot of good topics. So yeah, unless there's any other questions. I don't think so. No, um, I really enjoyed getting to know you better and I appreciate you sharing. So really excited to see what the, I guess, um, actually a final question is like, what is the next year hold for anyone listening that wants to keep up with your running journey? Like, do you have any, um, any like maybe big goals that you're working towards for the next couple of years? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my main goal is to qualify for the 2021 Olympics. Um, so I'll be focusing on steeplechase. Um, that's kind of like the big goal and kind of being in a position to make a final. I think this year, in order to make the team, I'll have to be good enough to make a final as well. So that's, that's definitely my main goal, my main motivation. Um, I would love to kind of snag a couple personal bests along the way and some other events as well. Um, but yeah, we're definitely going like, full throttle to Olympics. <laughs> I love it. You got it. I'm going to be cheering for you. Awesome. Steeple's <laughs> always one of my favorite events. So really excited. For yeah, it. it's a fun one. Yeah. It's entertaining yeah. for sure. Yeah. And it's not something you can really do as an adult, like unless you enter um, track competitions, but it's not like a 5k where you can just go out and sign up for one. So right. you kind of got to yeah, look harder, true. right? Yeah. Yeah. Or find yeah, a that's definitely true. Yeah. yeah, it's always cool. Like, I know a couple like senior athletes who, or yeah, the master's athletes mm -hmm. um, who do the steeplechase. And I always think that's so badass. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy on your body either. So they still have. Yeah, that's pops. true. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a fun one though. For sure. Well, um, yeah. Thanks again, Aaron, for being on. Super fun to chat with you. And um, good luck in everything that you have coming up. Really excited for you. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right. Bye, Strong Runner Chicks. Have a great rest of your day. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.